friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the president and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. Together, we get to talk about those issues that affect credit unions and all the best practices that exist to learn from one another and improve our industry together. My guest on today's show is a return guest. I'm so excited to have her joining. Andrea Brown is the SVP of Growth at Lodestar. Andrea, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. You were on the show a year ago, episode 51. Really great to have you back. But that episode last February, you know, we talked quite a bit about data warehousing and workflows for credit unions. We also talked about the data strategy that credit unions can build and put into action to help translate the data that might just be sitting in all their systems into actual value for their members. Has anything changed in the last year or any new developments in what credit unions should be thinking about as they incorporate those data strategies? Well, first of all, I love this new February tradition that we've got going on. So it's hard to believe that that was just a year ago. (laughs) But I would say, you know, a lot of the same, a lot of that still applies for so many credit unions. The big buzzword and the big topic that everybody's hearing about right now, of course, is AI and how increasingly important that's becoming year over year. But really, so many credit unions are still at a point where they're just building their foundation. Maybe they've got a foundation and it needs to be made a little more solid, or maybe they haven't started on their data strategy at all. So really, I think when it comes to the data strategy and what credit unions should be thinking about, it's still the basics. So bringing data into a central location, transforming it to make it easy to use, building the sustainable data governance plans, things like that, so that when the foundation is built and they're ready, then they are really prepared to tackle all of those new and exciting things like AI or whatever comes around the corner next. I love to hear all of the different things that are changing, but also the the fundamentals are staying the same Mm -hmm. for credit unions. For those who have maybe not heard our prior episode together, can you give us the elevator pitch of who Lodestar is and where you really add value for the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So Lodestar is a data warehouse and analytics partner for credit unions. We specialize in helping credit unions harness their data by bringing all of their siloed data sources into a single source of truth that can then be used to push insights throughout the organization, whether that's through dashboards, reports, workflows, or other channels. Something we're really proud of at Lodestar is that most, if not all of our team are credit union industry veterans. And our mission is to use our talent and technology to strengthen our clients' data maturity, which will empower them to make strategic decisions that improve their members' lives. I love having those credit union industry veterans on the team. And I think it gives such a unique perspective into the challenges that credit unions face and makes for a really, really strong partner. I want to talk about two words that I know will make probably every credit union leader cringe a little bit. And I'm cringing as I'm saying them. Poor <laughs> conversion. <laughs> we know that is a painful experience for so many. Can you share how data analytics and the right data warehouse solution can really be a game changer for credit union core conversions? Yes. Um, I myself have been through a core conversion. It's kind of a rite of passage these days. Even though it was 10 maybe 11 years ago at this point, I still remember it like it was yesterday. 
I've been through mergers and acquisitions as well. And those aren't quite as painful, but there's still a lot of work and they still kind of incite that same cringe reaction from folks. <laughs> but, you know, obviously there's a lot of work and planning that goes into a core conversion and that's part of the cringe factor. You know, it's, it's a lot of upfront heavy lifting for anybody that hasn't been through a core conversion or maybe has blocked out the core conversion process. You know, the good news is that during the project, you have several data cuts or basically practice rounds. And the idea is that with each data cut, your code gets better, your processes are smoother, so that by the time you go live, your organization is set up for a successful launch. Now, one of the tough things is that every time you go through these cuts, there are a ton of things that need to be validated every single time. And then, of course, every cut has its own set of new findings that have to be researched, resolved, documented, so that they are not found again on the next round. The tricky thing can be if you don't have a tool like a data warehouse, that validation and that documentation and that resolution all becomes super, super manual. Um, I have my own, you know, horror stories about working through validation on large Excel files, trying to, you know, use VLOOKUPs, use conditional formatting, use all the tips and tricks in Excel to match up data from one cut to the next or from the donor core to the new core and just sitting there watching my screen spin and eventually crash and losing all of the work that I had done to that point because it's too much to do in a tool like Excel. I even remember, you know, back in the day having paper files that we would use for some of the validation that people would pick the folders out and go match all of the data and make their notes and put them back in the filing box. And somebody would then go behind them and, and compile everything. And it's just, it, it can be really hard to manage all of the validation and all of the steps that go into making sure those data cuts are effective and getting better and better for a smooth launch. So that's where something like a data warehouse really comes in handy. You know, if you've got a data warehouse where you can put that data cut into a set of tables, then you can gain efficiencies every cut. You can store each one so that you can compare from one cut to another to make sure all of the things that were working correctly stay the same. And all of the things that need attention get captured. You can write reports that can then be automatically updated when you load the new data cut. And with some tools, you even have you know, workflows or tools built in that can proactively identify issues based on your unique business requirements. So you don't have to go through that manual validation at all. I think there's so much there. And having a partner like Lodestar to really work with you on that, it sounds like it could be the difference between getting good nights of sleep while you are <laughs> burning your core or staying up late to your point with some Excel formulas. Do you have any success stories you can share of credit unions who really successfully leveraged their data warehouse during a core conversion and where it's helped give them a boost? Yes, we have so many. We've worked with several credit unions during their core conversions or during mergers where there are essentially many core conversions where they're taking data from one credit union's core and merging it into their their existing core. Um, and one of the most 
helpful things that we have found in those situations is our data quality management tool, which is a workflow that sits on top of our data warehouse. And it allows credit unions to put in their own business rules, their own logic for things that they want the warehouse to be looking for night overnight. So a person's not having to perform all the manual validation. So if they want to make sure interest rates are mapping correctly, or they want to find all of their members who are missing a date of birth, or they want to find products that are out of guidelines, they can put all of those rules into the tool. And then the tool proactively identifies any exceptions. It can then present them in a queue for somebody or a team to work. They can update statuses, add notes. You know, maybe they want to make notes about their resolution or what, you know, maybe it's something that they're overriding that it's okay that it's out of guidelines. But all of that data then gets written back into its own set of tables within the warehouse so that, you know, the management team can report on, you know, what are the most common exceptions we're seeing? What is the resolution? Is there a trend in? you know, employees or branches that are making these errors, all of that is really powerful data as you plan from one cut to a next and you know what to focus on. And I would say another thing that we have seen be really successful for our clients, if they're able to use their data warehouse during their core conversion, they're also able to be building out their reporting in parallel with the new core so that they don't have a disruption in any dashboards and key reports. You know, so many of us probably can't imagine a day without our the reports that we use to kind of go through and make our decisions and do our jobs. And so if you think about switching from one core to the next, there's a lot of reporting that has to be redone. And a lot of times you can't even get started on that until you've got data in the new core. But we have seen clients with Lodestar be able to proactively build out those reports using their data cuts. That way, on day one with the new core, all of their reports are consistent, there's no interruption, and they've got the data they need to go about their days. Are there any key considerations for credit union leaders or maybe things to avoid what not to do when you're thinking about your data warehouse? Oh, good questions. Um, I would say key considerations would always be the use cases for your data and the business outcomes that you want to achieve. So I know a lot of credit unions who have tackled a, a data strategy and implemented a data warehouse because they know they need the data. They know they need it for you know to be competitive and to grow, but they haven't really stepped back and thought about what they want to do with their data or why they need the data. So this is really my biggest advice to credit unions is always think about it from the perspective of your business outcomes, your overall organizational strategy. What are you trying to do? And then how can you use your data to do it? I think thinking about it this way helps credit unions avoid being too narrow in scope and not bringing in enough data or the right kinds of data. And on the flip side, it helps keep them from being too broad in scope where they think, let's just bring in all of the data we have and then they're stuck with a really massive data warehouse that they don't know what to do. They don't know how to get value and get an ROI out of that investment. So really, I'd say starting with your pain points or challenges or even opportunities helps credit unions make sure they have the right data when they need it. 
There are so many moving parts during a conversion. You mentioned a lot of the different teams that play a role, just so much to manage. And so strategically speaking, how does having a partner like Lodestar really benefit a credit union moving through this process? You're right. There are tons of moving parts, tons of team members involved, and it can be really overwhelming, especially for teams who've never done it before. I remember going through my conversion and it was a first for the majority of us. So we relied on partners who had a lot of experience to help us make decisions and move through the project. Because you know, all throughout the core conversion process, you're having to make so many decisions about how you want the new system to work, but you don't even know what your options are. So you're making decisions that, you know, it's really hard to understand what the downstream impact is. So this is where Lodestar is really proud to partner with our clients during such a critical time in their organization's journey. We actually have an entire merger department dedicating to supporting clients when they're merging data from one core into another. And you know, there are, like I said, a ton of business decisions that have to be made during a conversion or a merger. And because we've been through it so many times, we're able to help guide credit unions who might not even know what questions to be asking or what downstream impacts to be thinking about as they have to make these decisions. There's so much value. And I love what you're saying about, you know, especially for folks who maybe haven't done it before, or it's been a long time, or you know, they haven't done it this decade. <laughs> There's so much there. And having a partner like Lodestar can really change the game for them. As we look to the future, what is Lodestar's focus for the road ahead? Well, we continue to see a ton of opportunity to help credit unions who are in a merger or acquisition or core conversion. And as we all know, especially the M&A activity is continuing to grow in our industry. So we want to continue focusing in that area so that we can support credit unions who are going through such a huge event in their organization. I'd say we're also really excited about the growth trajectory we're on and what that means in terms of how we support our clients. Um, our mission, our, our big, hairy, audacious goal is to be the best data solution and analytics partner for credit unions in the world. And we're actively investing in that vision. So you'll be seeing me and hearing a lot more from us in 2024 and beyond. That is amazing and a great goal to have. I love to hear all of the different things that you guys are working on. As we wrap up the show, we always like to have fun with rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you better. The questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So if you are ready, I will dive in. Yeah, let's do it. First question, who is someone in your life that was a great leader and what makes them so great? So I would say my current CEO, Divya Konuru, is a great leader and someone who's made a big impact in my life, even though she's only been the CEO of Lodestar for about a year at this point. But she has brought so much focus to our organization and she's really constantly empowering all of our team to bring our best selves and our full selves to work every day. Personally, she's constantly pushing me outside of my comfort zone and challenging me to to do new things and to try things that maybe I was scared of before or I didn't think I wanted to do. And I have grown so much just in the short time that I've worked for her. I love that shout out. Also have to mention that Divya was a speaker at one of our Minicon events last year and her session was amazing. That recording is mm-hmm. there. So if anyone's interested, definitely can get that for you. 
All right. Question two. If you're going to splurge on something, you want to treat yourself, what is the thing you might invest a little bit in, if it, whether time or resources? Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, but I think your qualifier there, time or resources, is helpful because I would have to say experiences are something that I think are worth investing a bit in. Currently, I'm in a decluttering stage in my life and I'm trying to be really mindful of the stuff our family accumulates. We have two young boys, they're five and seven, and they, you know, just our house feels like it's exploding sometimes with all of the Nerf guns and dinosaurs and superheroes and everything else that comes along with having young kids. And so I'm actively, you know, every weekend taking trips to donate items, just trying to declutter the house. So really an area I'm focusing on and our family is focusing on is experiences. So when it comes to taking trips, going to shows, things like that, I have found and I believe that it's always worth the splurge. That is a great thing to invest in. And I could use some tips on decluttering. So we'll have to find. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. A random question for you. If you travel for work, many of us do. What's the city that you're really excited to see coming up, whether that's for a client visit or a conference? Mm. You know, I love it when I get the chance to go somewhere new. And I've been pretty fortunate in my work travels that I haven't had a lot of repeat visits, to be honest. So anytime there's a conference or a new client and it takes me somewhere new, that's always really exciting to me. One that I do go back to and I love going back to is Chicago. You know, there's so much that you can do and see and every trip to Chicago is a little bit different. So that's one. But really, like I said, just I love going somewhere new, especially somewhere warm in the winter since I'm in Indiana and it can get quite cold here. That is hard to beat. Somewhere warm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What is a book that you think everyone should read? My most recent book that I, I have been recommending is Hidden Potential by Adam Grant. And actually, I prefer the audiobook version of this one, which usually I prefer to read, but I love listening to Adam Grant speak. So I did the audiobook of Hidden Potential. And I just love all of the ideas and all of the concepts he introduced and the way he challenges the idea that success is tied to innate ability. You know, he challenges that where we all feel like we have some people have high potential, some people have lower potential. And he just kind of puts that all to rest and says it's not really about your innate ability. It's about, you know, your, your grit and your determination and really your willingness to be uncomfortable and, you know, push through and learn new things and grow. He also talks about how to avoid burnout, which is such a huge issue in today's work environment. So I really love that aspect of his work. We will link to that book here. Love Adam Grant. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question for you. What has been your best hack for creating balance and integration between your work life and your life life outside of work life? (laughs) So I think, you know, the term integration is really the key there. I know there were so many years where, you know, leave your personal life at the door and just come to work and do your job and then go home. And like it, there was this illusion that you could separate your personal life and your work life. And especially now with so many of us working from home, uh, I've been working from home for four years at this point. It's all blended. There's no 
separation anymore. And just, I think accepting that and acknowledging that has been a real shift for me. Um, it's it's kind of helped avoid some of the guilt that I might have felt when I was working versus being with my family versus being with my friends or spending, you know, that elusive self-care and alone time. But I think really leaning into an integration has been game-changing. Because like I said, I have two young boys at home. And I think it's really important that they see their mom working hard and that they know I have a job that I love. So if they're home and I'm working, I let them hang out in my office when it's possible. They'll join me on Teams calls with my coworkers. They are, you know, they've gotten to be good friends with some of them and love to you know, say hey and play with the different teams' backgrounds and things like that. So, you know, I've really integrated my work and my family life together. And then on the flip side, if I need to step away from work and be fully present with my family, I've got a team from the top down that supports that. So, like I said, I think the key really is realizing there's only one life. We can't separate personal and professional anymore. And then that really opens the door to, you know, be your full self in all aspects of your life. I like hearing about uh, your your kids jumping on the Teams calls. <laughs> we have a few mini C1Site interns that pop on <laughs> from time to time too. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, we will link to everything we talked about today in the show notes. But my last question for you, Andrea, is do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks of our listeners? Yeah, I would just invite anyone listening who wants to chat about where they are in their data journey or where they want to go to reach out to Lodestar. You can probably tell we're pretty passionate about what we do. And we love working with credit unions to become more data driven so they can better support their members. That is just a perfect way to wrap up the show. Thank you again, Andrea, for being on the show today. Hope you stay well. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning into the See You Insight Network podcast. And we will be back again next time.